Welcome to More Than Movies. I'm Ivana. And I'm Jay. Today we dive into the world of W and we talk kitty mamas. We'll also go on an excellent journey with Sporkle. It's time for Categorized. We've made it this far, Ivana. And I can't believe that we're already at W. And in Categorized, we talk about five different things within a category that we absolutely love. And today we're talking about our favorite movies, our favorite movies that start with the letter W. Almost all the way through the alphabet. I cannot believe it. How about you? How about we play that game where you think that the movie that you pick is also on my list? Oh, I like that one. Oh, okay. Um, I think The Wizard of Oz is on your list. Oh, The Wizard of Oz is... It's I completely forgot about The Wizard of Oz. Does it make it on my list? It it does not make it on my list. No. What? No, it'll go honorable mentions. Why is it on yours? I mean... Wizard of Oz is like one of the most classic films, literally, of all of film history. History. How how is it not on your list? How is are there other W movies? And don't get me wrong, because W is a very difficult month. There's a lot of really good films that start with W. I mean, who knew? But Wizard of Oz has got to be one of them. How is it not? I, you know, the wizard of Oz is like, I gave, I give it four stars. I think it's an incredible feat of color and majestic storytelling. It's an awesome fantasy film. It is some of the best music. You got Judy in there, but I don't really go back to wizard of Oz the way I go back to these other films on my list. I absolutely it's not like, return like, to Wizard of Oz all the time. Wicked is one of the only musicals I even like. Like for a lot of families, it's a Christmas movie. Like for a lot of people, they watch it around Christmas time where it comes on and it's a family tradition. And for my family, that was not the family tradition. Ours were those Disney movies. We didn't like my parents even today barely go back they're all about like what are the movies today we can watch so i i had to find these movies on my own and with sort of reluctant help from my grandparents but that was it i mean my parents i don't have a tradition of these movies i mean as a serbian they're not sitting there being like oh yeah let's go watch wizard of oz but i somehow managed to see it a whole lot when i was a kid i don't know how and still, I return to it. I think it's a really delightful film. It's really sophisticated for its time. And it is just like a well-acted fairy tale that really is timeless, like a piece of history. So definitely, definitely, it is on my list. All right, what's on yours? Well, I, I'm, I am sorry to disappoint you. I'm going to name one that's on both of our lists. And that is When Harry Met Sally. That's correct. That's on both lists. Of course. Uh, when Harry Met Sally is one of those movies that, I mean, you and I talk it about it a lot, so we don't have to go into it that much. But Rob Reiner was on that incredible streak, that unbelievably incredible streak with 
Stand By Me and The Princess Bride. He had Misery in there. He had When Harry Met Sally in there. He had A Few Good Men in there. Like all of these movies were a part of a streak. Yeah. That's amazing. And When Harry Met Sally for us is our like one of our favorites because it you really, really like both characters. You love the time jumps. The, people don't talk about it a lot. The time jumps in When Harry Met Sally are so true to life. How you jump back into someone's life over a period of time. It's really true. It is really true. It is really true. And I just love the idea of two people being friends. And obviously, Ivana and I are the like we have proven that you can absolutely be friends with, you know, Another person. I think this was definitely something that people were talking about in the 80s. Yeah. Less so today. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's <laughs> obviously less like risque today than then. But, you know, I think it's good for people to know that, you know, uh, there are all sorts of different relationships. And, and this is definitely, it's just a great film. It really is just a fantastic film. It surprised me when I first watched it. I thought it was going to be like a silly rom-com, but it's not. It's so much more than that. Rom-coms get this bad rap of being too gushy and men can't enjoy them, which let's start right there. Men can enjoy gushy shit. I enjoy way gushier shit than Ivana. Yeah. (laughs) But with that said... I think this is one of those movies that both guys and girls can sit down and watch together and it becomes one of their movies. I, a friend of mine, Matt, was the one who first showed me this movie and he was like astonished that I hadn't seen it. And he threw it on and at the end of it, I was like, oh my gosh, like this was such a beautiful film. Thank you. Thank you for making me watch it. Like it's a classic. And if you haven't seen it out there, go and watch this movie. Go and watch that movie. All right, I have named one that is on your list. Uh, Can you name an, one another that is on Wally? My list? Yeah, Wally is a hundred percent on my list. Is it on yours? Yes, of course it's on my list. Ah, I love it. I love it. This is my favorite Pixar film of all time. I think it is incredible that uh, a Disney would put out a film like this at the time they put out a film like this when Kung Fu Pandas and Shreks. And superhero movies are dominating the attention of little kids. They put this film into theaters. And it and did it well because it's gosh so darn good. Miracle. It did so well. It is so amazing. I've watched it as recently as the pandemic because it warms your heart. It warms you up inside. That little robot. It is one. Both of them, really. They're both so cute. It is one of the films that I have given five stars in my life to. There's only 56, maybe 57 now. I've seen a couple more movies since then. But out of the 56 movies that I've given five stars, Wally is one of them. And it, I, like, honest to God, this movie is so beautiful. I'm, I'm scrolling through stills of it right now on the IMDb page. And you're out. It's, it's been, I haven't seen it like since I saw this movie in the theaters and I think I need to return to it because man, it is shockingly beautiful. Shocking. If you haven't seen it, we humans have screwed up the earth to the point where garbage is littered everywhere. 
and we've sent these Wally robots down to Earth to clean up our mess while we float around for billions of years in space. Not billions, maybe. Maybe like a hundred thousand. thousand years. Yeah. Something like that. In space while these robots, these solar power robots, clean up the mess. And all of the robots have, are basically dust, except Wally, who has a little song in his step. He's got a lot of personality. And a robot arrives on Earth searching for something that is not garbage. I will not say what it is. And Wally kind of falls in love. Yeah, it's about a robot falling in love. It is. And it is wonderful. And and similar to a lot of the best of the Pixar films, a lot of it is silent. It's almost like a silent film. It really is. It, like half of the film is just whirring and and like very little dialogue. The dialogue for the most part in the first bit comes from billboards that are digital billboards on repeat or things he's watching on television. That's where the audio and the, the, the sound comes from. And it's how Wally interprets that world that really makes the movie tick. And man, you know what? I'm thinking about this. I don't think my wife has seen this movie ever. And I think that's a problem. Oh, I think that's a problem. She would love it. She would love this movie. She would actually. This is a movie I know she would love. Yeah. It will take her. She'll think it's space and science fiction. And she'll think I'll have to twist her arm a little. But once she gets into it, she'll be like, oh, my God, this is this is real good. And I'll have to trick her because I had to trick her into Star Trek and I had to trick her into Rise of the Planet of the Apes. <laughs> had to trick her into the Marvel Universe. She loves all three of those things now. I love it. All right. My next guest for you. Going to be tricky. I want to say Wag the Dog is on your list. It is not on my list. And I'm going to say okay. that I do not think we have any more shared entries on our lists. Okay. Well, that was an honorable mention. That was just a guess I was taking. So that's not on my list either. Okay. Do you think we have any more so shared? Just, I, I think we might have one, but I think you should, uh, what you do should you go think, ahead with one. What do you think is shared? Of yours. I think maybe Whiplash. No, because I still haven't seen it. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right. I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be frank, and I'm going to be up front. At the end of our saying our, our movies, we have to choose one of our movies. After all I gushed about Wally, Whiplash could be my favorite W movie at the end of this. It's between what? those two. Sincerely, it's between those two. Wow. I have to say. Whiplash to me is as close to perfect as I could get. Wow. I may have to go back and watch it because I know I gave it four and a half. It might be a five-star movie. The performances that go into this film from Miles Teller and J.K. Simmons are incredible. The reasons they give for doing what they do are incredible. The story moves so beautifully and so well, and it's so intense that afterwards you want, like I wanted to go to a jazz club almost immediately afterwards. Wow. I think, I think this is like the baddest jazz movie that we may ever see. <laughs> like but when I say bad, I mean like one of the coolest. Oh, I know what you meant. Um, 
question for you. Do you think that it's laughable that La La Land was like such a beloved award show darling compared to Whiplash? Yeah. Uh, Look, I know a lot of people love La La Land. I know a lot of our listeners like La La Land. I think La La Land has a great finale. A great, great finish. I think it teeter-totters its way to that finish. I don't think it's everything you think it is leading up to that great finish. Actually, we were just talking about this because the big night you just had seen for the first time. Yes. Incredibly great finish. But there's a lot leading up to it that doesn't resonate. Yes. If I think I think it pays off, but I think it, it doesn't work as well leading up to that incredible dinner. And that's the thing. And if you lose your audience a little too much or if they're not quite in the mood to like let things go, then you can get up into that awkward scenario where, you know, like... They're just not enjoying the great finish. And to me, Whiplash is compelling and enthralling the entire way through. You have a demand. You have two people trying for greatness throughout an entire film. And they can't be great together, but they'll never be as great. It is so amazing. Whiplash. And I can't believe it's his first film, Damien Chazelle. But I have to say, it's like, it's so much better than La La Land. And I think it's one of the greatest films in the last 20 years. Okay, that is high, high praise. All right. Okay, so maybe you should watch Whiplash, Ivana. I seriously need to watch (laughs) Whiplash. And now I feel a little bit ashamed to come in with my next pick. uh, Oh, I'm excited for it. Which is Wedding Crashers. Cool, man. It's on my list, too. Let's talk about Wedding Crashers. Wait, what? Wedding Crashers is on your list? Wedding Crashers is totally on my list. It is a I go back to you a lot. A lot. I I've this is maybe one of the movies I've seen the most out of all movies. It's just so funny. I love this movie. When I went to see Wedding Crashers in theaters, I remember sitting through that beginning montage and going, "Oh no, is this is this going to be bad?" I remember thinking in my head through the scene of shout are they like sp- expending all of their jokes? Are they playing up with the wedding stereotypes all so much? Like, how are, is this going to be bad? And then the movie actually begins. Yes. And the rest of the film is phenomenal. One of the best, like, cameos with Will Ferrell in his, like, funeral, like. <laughs> Thing. Like that was that was one because he's such a disgusting character and it's such a memorable cameo. I, I just love it. Like it's so good. Oh. And it and the inverse Damn. of the wedding to the funeral. There's something so poetic about it. 
And it's also just disgusting. When you get to those scenes, you're like, oh, oh. It's so great that you bring this. I literally watched last night at this time, <laughs> uh, A Night at the Rock- Roxborough. <laughs> or A Night at the Roxbury or whatever. Right, yeah, yeah. And, I, and now I'm thinking back and like, there were very there were moments in that movie that led him to being that creep in Wedding Crashers. There's just scenes where I'm like, I can see you becoming that guy. <laughs> I mean, it's an incredible cameo. I'm so glad it happens. It is. I mean, most importantly, it's a story about being friends and growing up as two people. And yeah, there's a love story in the mix that I, I think works well. But mostly, it's a really great, like, what happens after the wedding in the Hamptons reveal of this terrible family. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> and it's so great. And, and Isla Fisher is so funny in it. She's totally underrated. I think she's some often the best thing in the movies that she's in. And this is one of those ones. She's so good. But this is also, like really good Vince Vaughn. Oh, he's at the top of his game here. Vince Vaughn, after nearly being, and I shouldn't be laughing about this, but it, it is a comedy, about nearly being sexually assaulted by the the son, and the next morning him just being completely drained and at the buffet yep. with the priest. Oh my God. <laughs> Like, I just think about it. It's so good. Or when he's like, you know what? I just need some alone time. Just seal the deal here, pal. Okay? We're in extra innings now. Just go. Get away from me. And it's just, he's at the top of his game. Owen Wilson is such a great. They're just great foils. You root for Owen Wilson. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when it turns out that Vince Vaughn ends up, like, growing up, kind of like, you know, when, like. He's spiraling and Vince Vaughn just like realizes that he really loves Isla Fisher and that's that. And like, <laughs> I just think it's great. It's, it's unexpected and it's fun and yeah, it's a little bit dated. I mean, yes, I have actually watched it recently. Not the whole thing, like just pieces of it, but like, yes, yeah, some jokes I was like, oh yeah, that didn't age too well. But at the same time, I still really enjoyed it. So I, I discovered Smokey and the Bandit in uh, in COVID. And there are some things in there that are very not PC <laughs> um, that the bad guy does. And it makes it so much sweeter watching him lose. Right. Over and over because of it. Um, and, you know, speaking of the loser, this might be the last time we uh, we hate Bradley Cooper in a movie. I think that Bradley Cooper makes the best bad guy. Like the best bad guy. He's so memorable in this movie. He He's really so like good. he takes this like role that normally would have been cast to like someone that looks more like he is in Call Me By Your Name and he's not Timothy Chalamet but the other one. Army Hammer? Yes. Like that role should have gone to someone that looks like Army Hammer, but he does such a good, pompous, rich asshole douchebag that no one could have done it better than him. No one could have. No. And I, I just And so physically, even though he doesn't look like it, he becomes it. He's so good. Like that scene with the sea otters that turns into him berating 
Rachel McAdams, and then you just turn on him immediately. Immediately. Like, just, you're like, oh, man, I want you to get yours so bad. And when Vince Vaughn cold cocks him at the end, oh, my God, you cheer. You cheer, man. I love it. <laughs> All right. How many are left on your list? Um, One. You? One. I don't think they're the same. Why don't you go ahead? Mine is Wet Hot American Summer. Nice entry. Uh, not on my list, but good entry. Okay, so here's why. I totally did not expect this movie. It came out of nowhere. In fact, the first time I ever heard of it was just before um, the sequel came out to Netflix. Like, that was the first time I'd ever heard of it. And... And I didn't realize, like, somehow I missed this cult hit that would have been, honestly, my favorite thing on the planet at that time. But I think I enjoyed it more, like, discovering it 10 years later because all those actors were then 10 years older and the jokes were somehow that much funnier. I just think that Paul Rudd steals the show. He's so good. Oh, he does. He's so funny. Again, Bradley Cooper being funny before we lost him to the land of the dramas. But like But you know what? We love him in that film. Like Yeah. You, you root for him and who does he like like he has a he has a gay wedding with a man and I can't remember who that actor is. But you're rooting like this was Yeah, yeah, yeah. What year was this? 2001. 2004? 2001. 2001. And the first I'd ever heard of this movie was like 2009. You root so hard for this gay love story. This is, uh, I think this is just after Brokeback Mountain. Or is oh. Brokeback Mountain way later? Pro I, I, I think Brokeback Mountain was later. Oh my gosh. Way later. 2005. Okay. Yeah. So this might be one of like the first movies that was put out. And it was like, you know what? You're going to love this love story. And they were not afraid to to make it a love story. And it's awesome. And I just want to say more than anything, Paul Rudd being a bad boy, that scene where he rides in on the motorcycle and he's not cool at all. Like he has this ability to be cool and completely uncool immediately at the exact same moment. And very few people have that. And, and he just rocks it in that role, in that character, because he's both ridiculous and actually like you're like, yeah, you are that awful cool guy that those girls would like. Speaking of which, Tangent, have you seen his wear a mask video? Oh, yeah. It's awesome. Awesome. It's science. <laughs> Why do I have to make this fun? <laughs> I love Paul Rudd in like everything we just watched. Uh, we're we're still doing our Marvel Cinematic Universe watch, mm -hmm. and we just finished Ant Man and the Wasp. And it was a real like like Becky. It comes right after Infinity War, and I know you're behind, so you may not know what's going on. But no, I've seen it. I and I love okay. Ant Man. So at the end of Infinity War, everybody's dying because Thanos snapped his fingers and. Becky has no idea what's happening. She's losing her mind. And then I put on Ant-Man versus the Wasp as she's asking me a million questions. And she starts laughing. And we're like having a good time after watching all of the heroes die 
until that end credit scene in Ant-Man and the Wasp where you realize he's stuck in the quantum realm and the people who are supposed to get him out, they fade away. And she's like, oh, there's the tie-in. Oh, my God. And, you know, so she's excited. We we got to do Captain Marvel and then Endgame. And then we're actually done. That's very exciting. So she's, But she's absolutely loving it. And I think Paul Rudd is a big part of that because – He's so great in Ant-Man as Ant-Man. He's such a good Ant-Man. Yeah. I don't know how Marvel was like, you. Because I remember hearing it and going, wait, what? This makes no sense. And then I saw it. I'm like, wow, this is so good. It's so good. My last one on my list so we can move on is Who Framed Roger Rabbit? This is the very first movie I saw twice in theaters. I think I was eight maybe six. I remember this was the first movie I saw twice in theaters. Um, went with my family and then we went with our family friends, the Robs. And I don't know, man, like who framed Roger Rabbit. A lot of people say is responsible for the Disney Renaissance because people had written off animation until Steven Spielberg and Robert Zemeckis did who framed Roger Rabbit. And all of a sudden people are like, Oh my God, animation is cool again. And after that, we get The Little Mermaid. So a lot of people credit the success of Roger Rabbit to Disney's redistribution of animated wealth because they had written off their animated department. And now they were like, oh, we can make a cash cow. And oh, my God. Oh, this is Roger Rabbit's done so well. We got to do more of this. Hey, animators, do more. Do more good. Even though we've put you into trailers on a lot in Burbank and you're not actually a part of Disney anymore, really, but you are. And it was like literally the thing that jump started all of the new movies. That's so um, fascinating. I had no idea. I mean, don't get me wrong. Jessica rabbit is like one of my favorite characters of all time. That line, that line, like I'm not bad. I'm just drawn that way. Like, Oh, oh, so good. So good. And honestly, it's it's such a mature film. I've gone back to watch it a bunch of times. The animation plays so well. I don't know how the hell they did this because this is sort of one of the first I need you to act with a green screen kind of thing. Like this is one of those first there's a character who's not really there, but I need you to act like he's there. And I don't know how they pulled it off so well. Because this is the, one of the first times. It's so good. He yanks he yanks him by his ears, drowns him, and like they drew it perfectly to fit that, that world. And it's really, really neat that there was a world called Toontown where you can literally visit and have a great time. And I mean, in the world, it's a murky world. Maybe you're getting drunk in Toontown. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're definitely not there to uh, be wholesome. (laughs) It's not always wholesome in Toontown, even though all the cartoons love you and all that. And you arrive and it's just zany and wacky and all this craziness. And there's actually a thing that exists. And the, the villain is trying to build a freeway through it. Like that is that is his motivation. To get rid of all these animated cartoons is to build a freeway through Toontown. It is a bonkers, interesting film uh, with its history. I love it. I went as Roger Rabbit for Halloween. I 
I, I fell in love with everything Roger Rabbit. And I think this, I'm going to be honest. I think this is where I got my little love for animation. Wow. That's really cool. I mean, I also really have very fond memories of Roger Rabbit. I've seen it as a kid. I've seen it as a teenager and I've seen it like somewhat since then as well I think at least once or twice so I've seen it a few times and I and I do really enjoy the film but I didn't know all this stuff about it and I have to say it makes it far more interesting when you realize where it fits in in terms of the sort of evolution of film really important film for Spielberg because he got to work with Disney in this case and build this fantastical universe He'd already like kind of gone to the dark side with Don Bluth um, who did an American tale and the land before time and kind of kept bankrolling Don Bluth who was an animator at the time at Disney. And he took a whole bunch of animators with him and it was like this mass exodus. And I don't know. The animation history is just as cool and interesting as like horror history is to me it is uh, all this stuff is very interesting i actually watched a horror documentary this weekend i thought of you the whole time it was Ooh, what, which one um all about scary movies the books the scary stories to tell in the dark yeah it was interesting eh? it was like a, a lower budget d- documentary but i still found it really interesting the controversy those books had i know i i love those books they meant everything to me as a kid so yeah like I remembered finding those books in our like libraries and I, it would, and I remember a lot of those stories, like people saying that they didn't like to read and then they found horror and all of a sudden they couldn't stop reading. And like, that was literally my story, you know, um, they could not do anything to get me to read. And then as soon as I started to get subject matter I was interested in, because I was not interested in stuff like Babysitter's Club or Sweet Valley High or whatever. And like, um, so as soon as I got to horror, then that was like game over. Now I have something I really want. Just so our audience is keeping score. I loved the Babysitter's Club books. So, you know, not all toxic masculinity on this podcast. (laughs) Just <laughs> probably some toxic femininity. I don't know. I don't Maybe know. I don't. I have no idea. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just saying that our roles reverse more often than they don't. <laughs> All right. Um, okay. So those are our top five. Now it's time to choose. I'm gonna go with Wally. I, I, I Whiplash is incredible. I think you need to see it. But Wally is Jay, the best. I, yeah, I'm gonna go with Wally. So you're gonna go with Wally you, too? I thought you'd do like Wedding Crashers. You need to go with something else because we have to go with different things. Okay, Whiplash. It is Whiplash is my favorite W movie, <laughs> and Wally is my favorite W movie. Okay, well I I'm happy that it got in there. Like that's that's like two. two okay, all right, all right. That's cool. That's cool. <laughs> I mean, why do we have to match? Maybe one day you'll know. For 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 me, I will say I was choosing between Wizard of Oz and Wally, but Wally is much more sophisticated of a film. Um, I think anything made later, like there's, you know, ultimately movies are often better now than they used to be. If I'm being really honest, they can also be a lot worse. There's a lot like if I go through my stats on Letterboxd, my most highest crit- critical years are the 60s. The 60s, yeah, they made a lot of good movies. I, the reality is, I think, 
Sometimes films are important because of what they did at that time, because every future film from then on builds on it. Did you catch the Emmys? I read about the Emmys and watched YouTube clips. Did you catch the Emmys? I did catch the Emmys. And did you watch the Emmys like legit all the way through? How was it? It seemed kind of cool. I watched the Emmys for a for a bit. I mean, I I basically watch Watchmen just destroy our FX Mrs. America. And then I kind of turned it off. But before that, Canada won some awards. Yeah, with Shit's Creek, which, by the way, is freaking unreal of a show. Now, here's my thing. Uh, like, I, do, I don't disagree at all. I think it's a great show. Such a good show. I watched it the first year on CBC and no one was watching it. So I was like, oh, I can't talk about this with anybody. Like, nobody's watching the first season. I'm watching the first season. And usually I give up on a show because if nobody else is watching it, I know that it's going to get canceled and my heart's going to break. And I loved Shit's Creek too much. Well, as it turns out, Netflix buys the rights for it and kaboom, this show is huge now. Yeah, massive. So... I watched it in the first season and was like, it didn't grab me, if I'm being really honest with you. Season one did not grab me. It was okay at best. I think I got through most of the season, then kind of forgot about it. And then it came back in season two and I thought, well, I'm just going to give it another shot. So I rewatched it. And in fact, watching the first season a second time, I liked it more. Um, But it was really... Season two, it was like everything changed in season two. This characters started to change in season two and they found themselves and the show found itself in season two. And oh man, since then it's been so good, like unbelievably good. And it swept seven awards Took all of the comedy awards away from everybody. everything in comedy. Just think it's amazing. Can I just say Noah Reed, like what he brought to that show just was bonkers good. It's an incredible show. Uh, we're, so we're really proud. Like, do you think that this will make not Americans, Canadians reconsider Canadian content? So... I work in Can- like in Canadian film and therefore everyone I know watches Canadian content. <laughs> so it's hard, but like I guess most can I hope so. I hope Canadians like we come out with these shows that have like long after the fact suddenly like they're found in America and then all and then they become beloved in Canada. And I just want to say that uh, we have a, a long-standing legacy of great comedy and Like, Canadians make really good fucking content, so we should all watch it. Hey, Canada, we don't need permission from another country to like our stuff. Exactly. That's bullshit. We make good stuff. Speaking of good stuff, we have a a new film that's coming out uh, produced by one of the hosts of this show soon. That's correct. Kitty Mamas, my uh, first ever feature film that I've produced is coming out and premiering at the Forest City Film Festival 
in October. Uh, we're on October 22nd at 3 p.m. And the festival starts on the 17th and goes all the way up until I think the 26th. So there's a whole lot of good stuff, a bunch of Canadian content, and uh, a lot of movies for people to check out. And is this uh, because of the pandemic? Can we watch these things digitally? Do we buy tickets? Yeah, actually. So the festival has decided that with the pandemic, the best thing to do is to move the festival online. Given that case counts in Canada and in Ontario are going up right now, I'm really happy that that has happened. Um, And so, yeah, like literally you can buy a ticket to the film festival. You would if you buy a ticket to our show, you'll see our show as well as two shorts made by up and coming film filmmakers um and you can get film passes and see multiple di- like shorts digitally and it's all you can come to the live screening where there's going to be a Q&A afterwards or you can watch it kind of anytime you want after that digitally awesome awesome cuz i you know i'm a supporter of your stuff the last movie i went to the last premiere not only was the premiere a lot of fun but the movie was actually pretty darn good so make sure to check the links in the show notes for all of that These are some quarantine games. Ivana, we're going to do something a little bit different this time. We're not doing our BuzzFeed trivia. We're doing a Sporkle game. I'm so excited that we're going to do this. I think it's going to be fun because this one's going to be cooperative. Okay, so can you explain which one we're doing and how we're going to cooperatively win? All right. So for everyone listening, our hope with this is that it's going to be entertaining to watch me and Jay take Sporkle movie trivias. I mean, in the future we can expand, but for today it's all movie related. So let us know, by the way, you know, reach out on social media, on our Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, wherever, and just kind of let us know if this worked or not. Uh, But let's give it a try. So we're going to play a game called Fill in the Blank Movies 1985 Edition. I like it, okay. So I'm going to be sharing my screen with you so that you can see what I'm seeing in a moment. And uh, for those people listening, you can hit the show notes up and the link to the quiz will be there so you can play as well. Um, But we're hoping that basically you can just kind of play along with us. Uh, We chose things that are easy to sort of hear and play along with like audio wise. There's no pictures or anything like that. And are you ready? Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm good to go. Okay. So here it goes. The name of this game is, we need to fill in the final word which is missing from these 1985 movies. Uh, we have to type it in, and spelling counts. I personally play by the rules where you are allowed to go and Google for a spell check, but nothing else. Uh, and Sporkle has given us four minutes to do this okay so what i'm seeing is like there's a list of of movie titles and the last word is missing yeah don't read them too much because that's like kind of getting ahead of yourself but yeah that's exactly what it is but do we uh do we have to do it in order we do not but for the sake of our audience and the fact that we're doing it together let's do it in order okay sure all right the trip to I have no idea. Try Greece. Greece. Nope. Did not work. All right. Next question. The color purple, right? Yep. Purple. Yep. 
Yep. The Breakfast Club. Yeah. Uh, a, a view to a... I have no idea. I think it's kill. A view to a kill. Yes, you got it. Jagged pill? No, that, I that was not I don't it. think so. Let's skip that one. All right. Fright Night. Yep. Agnes of... Blank. Nazareth? Nazareth. With a Nazareth. Z. Oh. E-T-H. Nope. Not Nazareth. Nope. 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 All um, right. Back uh, to the back blank. Back to the future. future. Room with a blank. Uh, room with a view. Oh. Spies like blank. Us? Yep. Um... The Purple Rose of Blank. Cairo, right? Yep. Never seen that movie. Pretty's Blank. Oh, I've heard of this. Pretty's Honor? Yes. Uh, is that it? I don't know. I can't see to the right. Me yeah. neither. Okay, if you just Let slide over bigger. a little more. Yeah. Okay, yep, yeah. yep. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Coca-Cola Blank. Heist? Heist. Okay. Ooh. Nope. Caper? Caper? Have you I don't know why it? I'm thinking this is a kid's thing. Yeah, no, I've never heard of it. Uh, All better right, skipping off that one. Blank. There was a TV show called Better Off Ted. No, that was not it. No, this is dead, dead. dead. Better Off Dead. Better Off Dead. Falcon and the Blank. I've never heard of this movie. Have you ever heard Shark? of this movie? Shark? Nope, that did not win. Pee Wee's nope. Big Blank? Playhouse? Is Playhouse adventure? one word? Oh, adventure. adventure. <laughs> National Lampoon's European blank. Vacation. Vacation. That I one's hate, easy. I hate the vacation movies. Um, the Jewel of the Blank. Nile. Nile. Yep, that was it. Out of blank. Sorts? No. Try it. No. Out of Out order? Of order. No. Desperately seek control. No. Okay. Desperately seeking blank. Susan, right? Yeah. I didn't even know that was a movie, but I've heard of it so much. Okay. We've gone through everything. Oh my gosh. We only have 14 of 20 at this point. Let's and we just, only have a We got to go left. back. A trip to blank. Rome? I don't Rome. know. It's got to be a place, right? I have I, December. No, none of that. Okay. Uh, back to the next. Next. Jagged Blake. Man? No. All right. Uh, Agnes of? Oh, that one I have no idea. I don't think I've ever heard of that movie. Okay, next. Coca-Cola Blank. We've never heard of that. Falcon and the Blank. The Falcon and the, and the Otter? Let's try the Falcon and the Whale. Oh, Whale. Good one. No. The falcon, the falcon and the and the and the feather. No. Um okay. out of blank. Out of sorts? Out of time. Out of time. No. We are out of time. One we second. We are out of time. Oh, One second. Okay. Oh, would not have got that. So let's let's go over the answers for everyone. So obviously all the things that we got right, we got right. Um here's what we didn't get. I wonder if you guys listening have got it. Jay, what's the first one? All right. 
So the first one is the trip to Bountiful. I've never heard of this in my life. Neither have I. All right. Next, we have Jagged Edge, which we could have put that together, but I've never heard of this yeah. movie. The Agnes one was Agnes of God, which now that I have the full title, it seems a little familiar, but Me I've never too. seen it. Yeah. I have the same kind of thought. Um, the Coca-Cola Kid... So you were right with the kid movies. We should have just gone with that as an answer. Yeah. Uh, The Falcon and the Snowman. I bet some of our listeners are like, come on. How did you miss that? I've never even heard. Do you even know what it is? No, but uh, you know what? Somebody does. And they're like, ah, yeah, I saw that. That's true. And the last one is Out of Africa, which now that I hear the title. Which won Best Picture. Definitely I've heard of this. Yeah, yeah. Oh, how did I blank on that? It is on my missing and to see list. Out of Africa, Robert Redford, Best Picture winner. I don't understand how I missed that one. I should have absolutely been able to suck that one out of the recesses. But, you know, when you have it, you that's, have it. And when you don't, you don't. That's the the beauty of a sporkle quiz. All right. All right. We got one more. One more. So this one's, I think, going to be pretty quick. Um, and... So this one is a little bit more timely. Christopher Nolan has a movie out and it's in theaters and IMAX, which is open in Canada now. And I think probably the U.S. doesn't care about pandemics. They're just like, oh, yeah, go and get coronavirus. So it's in movie theaters and it's uh, what's his latest film called? Tenet. So now we're going to say Tenet. We're going to get a plot. It's going to be I'm going to read it. And we're going to have to guess what movie did it come from. Yeah. Okay. That sounds good. Okay. Are you ready? We have four minutes. One more time. Four minutes. Ten questions. Can you blow up your screen, please? Oh, yeah. Good call. Hit the play quiz. Allied soldiers from Belgium. The British Empire in France. Dunkirk. Yep. That was it. (laughs) All right. The The Cape Crusader forced out of eight years of hiding. When a ruthless mercenary makes plans to take over his... No, don't touch that one. That is Dark Knight Rises. Oh, yeah, you're right. Come on now. (laughs) Uh, A man who, as a result of a past trauma, suffers from anterograde amnesia and short-term memory loss. Memento. Memento, great movie. A group of astronauts in... Interstellar. I, I was like... Insomni- Inception. For anyone who wants to hear, the quiz answer is a group of astronauts who travel through a wormhole in search of a new home for humanity in a dystopian future where humanity is struggling to survive. Interstellar? Yes. But oh. we only have three minutes and it said the one with astronauts and there's only one. Right. Um, A young man who follows strangers around the streets of London and is drawn into a criminal underworld when he fails to keep his distance. What's your guess, Ivana? I know it. Do you? I've never heard of insomnia, so I'm going to guess that one. No. Following. Oh, Oh, I've also never heard of that one. And following is his first film. All right. The origin story right. of the Caped Crusader. Well, that's Batman you know that Begins. One. <laughs> yep. 
two rival stage magicians in London at the end of the 19th century who engage in a competitive one-upmanship. The prestige. The prestige. The caped crusaders fight against a criminal mastermind who is a force of chaos. Ooh, Heath Ledger's the Joker in... The Dark Knight. The uh, two Los Angeles homicide detectives investigate a murder in an Alaskan town. That one is insomnia. Ooh, that's kind of like that one with Elizabeth Olsen. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The... um, and Jeremy Renner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a really good movie. I've never heard of Insomnia. <laughs> a thief who steals a corporate secrets through the use of a dream sharing technology who is given the inverse task of planting an idea into the mind of a CEO. It's the last one standing. Inception. And we got them all. There you go. We're Nolan go. geniuses. We're awesome. 10 for 10 with a minute and 14 seconds left. Now... I think we could have done that if we didn't have the podcast. I think we could have done that a lot quicker. And I think you, if you were playing along, probably got it pretty quick. Yeah. I realized once we stopped, once we were going really fast, I was like, oh, would I want to listen to half of a question? Probably not. We should read out the full clue. (laughs) Good call. It was a good call. Although the astronauts, I think everybody at home who was playing was like, interstellar so i've never actually (laughs) seen interstellar because for some weird reason i started to just not get into all those like space movies but now that i read the like synopsis i really want to see interstellar (laughs) it is a lot of people love it a lot of people do you love it their favorite nolans no do you like it yes but i don't love it have you seen tenet no, I will wait till video. I'm I, I'm not in that much of a hurry to get back into a theater. And with the the spikes going up, I'm in no hurry to leave my house, if I'm being honest. Would you see it at a drive-in theater? Like, would you seek it out uh, in that experience? No, I think it's too weird to see it at a drive-in. Like, all the reviews that I've read are... You know, it's going to melt your brain. Mm-hmm. And I don't like melting my brain at a drive-in. I want something fun. Yeah, that's fair. Drive-ins are a lot more fun. It's Film Freaks. Chatter for the film fan and all of us. We checked out the cult classic, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. And you know the story. It's two high schoolers played by Alex Winter and Keanu Reeves, and they're destined to write the music that will change the world. Their gift will end famine and wars and bring peace to the future nations. But that's future Bill and Ted. These two just need to pass a history assignment. So the future sends Rufus, played by the great George Carlin, and he goes back in time to give the two a hand. It's imperative that they get a decent score, or they flunk out of school and Ted's cop dad will make him go to military school in Alaska. So the duo travel back in time and start collecting famous figures. Billy the Kid, Napoleon, Socrates, Beethoven, Joan of Arc, etc. And they bring the group to San Dimas, where there's some real modern day 80s good things going on. 
And so they can finally deliver their report. The fate of the universe is saved when Bill and Ted also get a special visit from Rufus to explain that if they had parted ways, their band, Wild Stallions, would never have put their mark on the world. And so he brought company, two princesses, that Bill and Ted tried to save back in medieval England. And as you know, they're part of the band too. Now, Ivana, you've seen this movie before, right? Yes, but like... A long time ago. How was this go around? Honestly, it felt pretty new to me because I think I was very young when I saw it. And so I don't really remember that much of it. Um, but yeah, I, lo- I thought I love this movie. It's so charming. It's so charming. What did you think? I think it is uh, a lot of fun. I think that it does not work without Alex Winter and Keanu Reeves. A hundred percent. I feel like because they're so optimistic about almost everything, they're the only two dudes who could rally all the people in history to come and give a stellar report. Like they're so kind and so happy to just be okay traveling through time. (laughs) I think that's what I love the most about them is that they're just so kind. That's what's so great about this. Like it's, Yes. Okay. This is a really stupid movie and it's a stupid premise and even just anything in the plot. Like if you try to think about that plot for even a moment, it's stupid. Like it's just don't think about it. Don't think about it. Honest to God. Here's the thing. I was watching the movie and every time we watch a movie or we watch TV show, I do the write up. And I was like, I can't write what this movie is without it sounding ridiculous ridiculous but it's ridiculous but it's grounded but it works by this genuine kindness like the it's like it's grounded by these two characters i i've almost never seen anything really like it like it, it it's crazy like it's so stupid everything is stupid but it's delightful and lovely and optimistic and kind. And the two guys seem really kind. And then now everything you know about Keanu Reeves, he's like super kind. And it, you know what it feels like, Yvonne? It feels like a movie that you wouldn't make today. No, it, it, feels it would like never get so greenlit. home in the 80s. And it's insane premise. Insane pitch. I don't know how they pitched this to a studio and the studio is like, yeah, man, we need to see that movie work. Like it makes no sense. You hired utter new people that nobody had ever heard of. And it's bonkers how well it works. Well, so in the 80s and 90s, it was normal to hire people that no one had ever heard of. That was the name of the game. Could you bring out the next big thing? And nowadays... The next big thing usually has to be like in a high school thing. It it just feels like I'm not even talking about like it's in a high school because this one's in a high school as well. For me, it's how do you get away with the plot? Like the closest thing that I can think that's new that is this outrageously bizarre that worked for me was the babysitter. Yeah, it is that outrageously bizarre. But even it's, that is like more, this is more ridiculous. But it's even more grounded than this. Yeah. Yeah. Like this is way more out there. 
Like, to me, I I saw a movie in Pandemic that people have been raving about seeing forever. And it's the the adventures of Buckaroo Bonsai. And I've heard about this movie my entire life and never saw it. And I did not get why people loved it. And maybe I had to see it when I was a kid. I don't know. But it was bizarre. But it was this level of bizarre. It was aliens and time shift. It was science fiction gone crazy with rock music and ladies and a fan club and comic books and everything you could throw at it. And, and it's, and Jeff Goldblum's in it. And at some points you're, I really was like, oh, this is kind of cool. And then at others, I'm like, I don't understand why anyone enjoys this. It doesn't feel like it fits as a cohesive story at all. Where Bill and Ted 100% feel that way. They definitely feel like they fit. It definitely feels like if you just watch this one movie, you're good. You could you could ignore the rest of the franchise if you want to. But you watching Excellent Adventure, you're cool to sit there for that time and be engrossed by all the science fiction ridiculous. Because the leads are so incredibly amazing. Do you like it, Jay? I do. I I very much do. I think it's such a unique film and it's so bizarre. But I like it because of the characters in it. I also like how they... I don't think I liked it when I was younger, but I like how they play with time travel in this. Where it's like, we got to remember to remind ourselves to rewind our watch so that we can... Like all that stuff and then how it pans out at the police station, which is completely bonkers where it's like, but I would remember that I put the keys here. Yeah. Hey, I did steal my dad's keys. <laughs> yeah. All of that stuff. And then like, obviously the ending is super ridiculous with the, uh, remember to think of a trash can and a trash can just appears at randomly. Like that was stupid and silly, but it works. Because they've shown you how many stuff they've been able to do with their brain technology thinking of time travel. I, I just, I really, it's it's a really dumb movie. It's really stupid. I understand why anyone would think that it's dumb and stupid, but it's delightful and it's so fun. And I also like the way they think of time travel. It's simplistic, childish almost, and... I feel like we need more of that. I'm excited to see the next one because I have a feeling and maybe I'm just crazy, but like, I think it's going to be better. Well, I remember excellent journey being the best. I remember bogus journey being really weird, even weirder than this. Wow. And I don't know if it's better because of that, because I remember there being robots involved and I, I'm excited. So next week we are going to watch bogus journey ivana before we go though bill or ted i like ted you yeah i like ted as well man like i i I think ted is the best he's uh he's a little dopier than bill bill has a little more edge to him because his mom is i just want to say i love that i love that just the joke the sophistication of the joke of his stepmom like him being so attracted to his stepmom 
prom. Remember when I asked your mom to prom? Yeah. Oh. And the fact that she she's was like a senior. Yeah, she. They were like freshmen. High school together. Yeah, like they're in high school together, and and like his dad is so lecherous. And I'm just thinking, how did this man convince this young girl to marry him? It's disgusting. But like. I I felt for Bill so much because I get it. Of course, he's attracted to her. She's basically his peer. Yes, of course. And then, but and, and like Ted is just so innocent about it too, because he's like, "She's your mom." Oh man, now your mom and your dad are in your bedroom. Shut up, Ted. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what's a really interesting moment in that movie when they're back in medieval England, and Bill thinks Ted has died. It's a really sad mournful moment for for bill yeah thinking ted is dead he is crushed that his best friend just died like everything's been light and fun and yeah be awesome awesome and then that scene kind of like because it's not grounded afterwards it's just a bizarre moment in the film I, I just think that this film works. is really authentic and it's like emotional gravity. Like you have these two guys that are so innocent that they only they could save the earth. You know what I mean? Like one line in this movie and the it sums up the movie and it's what everybody needs right now. And that is be excellent to each other. Uh, such a and good. And that's. that's the line that's the thing is like this movie has these weird things that are so smart so like like the 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 premise is stupid and silly and the execution is stupid and silly and even just like the fact that you have like these historical figures doing stupid and silly things is stupid and silly but then it has very sophisticated in my opinion jokes about you know Oedipus and like incest but not incest and just like the funniness around all of that and then on top of that like has these beautiful like honest truths about humanity and what it means to be a good person and what we should all just focus on there's a lot of wisdom here too there's wisdom in this movie just be excellent to each other. Did you cheer though? Did you have any cheering moments in this film? Oh, like when I cheered for them and stuff? Like there's a moment where I actually was like, yes. And I knew it was coming. I've always, I've seen it so many, I've seen it before. But there's a scene at the history report where Abraham Lincoln says, party on dudes. <laughs> and I was like, yes. Like it just. I don't know what happened to me in that moment. I just was like the coolest thing seeing Abraham Lincoln say that. <laughs> I, I I have to admit that did not. I feel like if maybe if I was in a movie theater, I get it. Like, cause it is that moment. You're absolutely right. I don't think I've had any cheering moments. That's okay. The whole movie is just a really fun, silly way to get through this pandemic. And, Remember, everybody, you know, just be excellent to each other and party on, dudes. (laughs) All right. Next week, Bogus Journey. I think it's a different film than Excellent Adventure. 
But Bogus Journey is next week. You have to come along for that ride. And that's our show. Thanks for listening and be sure to tune in again next time. If you'd like to support the show, you can hop on to your podcast service and subscribe. If you're feeling really generous, why not score us a quick rating or review? Our intro song comes from bensound.com and we encourage you to check out our show notes for more information about our music, our talented voice actors, and our sound effects. Ivana and I love hearing from you, so we built a website on how you can reach us at morethemovies.net. But in case you hate websites, you can also email us, hello, at morethemovies.net. Find us on Facebook, More Than Movies Podcast. Or catch us on Twitter, I'm at It's Ivana. I'm at Jester J. Thanks again for spending some time with us. We'll be back again with an all-new episode next time. And until then, friends, do more and watch more.